What's up, guys? This is Jordan Haddock. What's up? This is Anthony Calavito. What's up, guys? This is Pat Sr. What's up, everyone? This is Graham Tuck, and you're listening to the New Guys Podcast presented by Ride the Wave Media. I'm back! What it do, baby? All right, so we're back. Hope y'all, hope y'all heard that sound bite we tried to just put in there. Um, new guys, season two, uh, bigger and better than ever before. You know how we do it here. Um, little hiatus, two-week hiatus. While Graham was moving into college, I thought I was going to be moving in too, but, you know, things happen. So jumping right into it, we got the Bruins. Probably start with the most disappointing Boston sports team. Bruins, Graham and yeah. uh, Jordan, why don't you guys take that? Because I have no idea what I'm talking about when it comes First to First of all, you're wrong. The Red Sox are easily the most disappointing yeah, yeah, Boston oh, yeah, right now. The Red Sox, but the Bruins were hyped up, you know? I mean, that's true. Y'all yeah. did beat my Canes, so I, I can't you say know, much. It seems like every year there's a discussion about the Bruins, like, ending their season too early. Uh, I mean, obviously last year you got we got as far as possible and ended up not winning. But um, – yeah, man, it's another another disappointing end of the year. Um, our second loss against Tampa in the second round in the past three years, so that's even worse. But yeah, just it just sucks. That, and you don't want to make excuses, but just the hiatus that happened just killed the momentum we had. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of NHL analysts were saying, you know, the Bruins looked like the team to beat, and you know, when they came back, they were arguably one of the worst. Um, Guy, you know teams that return in the bubble and it was evident when when you know we we competed well against the canes we we took care of business but when you hit the you know tampa bay just them just they were just skating circles around us and it was that final game uh game five was just uh it was, if, you, if you were watching it you could just tell in the double overtime they were going to score because they the bruins just looked so slow they they didn't look like they even wanted to be there and i'm not saying they didn't but you know what they portrayed on the ice there was just Awful. Um. Cups that are rosy. Bitches in- this one's gonna go. I had, that on, I, had that on re- I had that on replay. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, there's news about injury. Uh, Pashnak was injured, and uh, you know Corrali was injured. You know they were playing through it and stuff, but no excuses. It's another another disappointing year, and you know they're running out of time. Krejci said it best in his uh, final interview. He said. You know, kind of just hit me that the core group, you know, Bergeron, Char, Marsh, and Krejci is, you know, only has a couple of years left. Some of us, you know, only have one year left. Um, so the door's closing. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's, it sucks because this is, this is, this felt like a year that, you know, maybe we could, you know, grab another championship. But this stretch of like 2008 to like now of 12 years of, you know, Bergeron and Chara only winning one title, making it, making it to three, you know, losing a game seven at home, you know, blowing the game six against the Blackhawks. It's been an extremely disappointing 12 years for them. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Graham, if you want to give some outside perspective about how you feel, because I know um, usually Bruins fans are pretty harsh on their team, but what do you think about, you know, the future I think that for the Bruins, I don't, first of all, I don't know what their contracts look like. And I'll openly admit that. Um, But I do know that they have a lot of, you know, obviously they have a pretty good farm system 
because it's a very well-run organization. They'll have no shortage of talent for years to come. Obviously, it probably won't stack up to like Bergeron, Marshawn, like you were saying, because it's just big shoes to fill. Tough to do, yeah. Yeah, but the I think the thing that impressed me the most is the way that they were able to step up in Rask's absence and compete. You know, because myself, being a Hurricanes fan, I wrote it off when Rask opted out. I was like, all right, we got it in the bag. And then not only did y'all beat us, beat the life out of us in those games, but against the Bolts, like, y'all competed. The Bruins were easily, you know, they weren't out of pretty much any of the games, I don't believe. They were all pretty much close. Um, and no, so – against um, Game two. It was a game three. No, game two was a blowout, I think. Yeah, yeah that one was bad. Yeah, game that one three. was bad. But that's just because Halak had been playing every game. Like, yeah. He, he, you, when you're in that kind of situation, kind of like um, kind of like Thatcher Demko and the guy for Colorado right now, I can't remember his name. I think it's Hutchinson. They are – they're playing every game too. And so yeah. when, when you're – especially tonight, because we're recording this on a Friday and game seven of Vegas and Vancouver is tonight – and Demko has to play a back-to-back after not having anybody fill in with him or fill yeah. in for him in a couple nights. This can be rough. When you're in a situa- situation like that, like Halak was, there's really not much you can do. But the Bruins played great in front of him at times. And I think that they have – they can look forward to the future. I don't know that, you know, it obviously won't be a dominant core as they were this year. Yeah. But I think that – I mean, it's the Bruins. They'll be in the playoffs. They'll be – a contending team at least maybe not cup contending but they'll be fighting in the playoffs for yeah years down the road i don't think you can complain much i know it's boston sports so we want to you know championship or bust but i i think there's nothing to really complain about yeah last thing i'll say on on the bruins and we can transition to the better playoff team but um so rask this is that situation is going to be going to just engulf the offseason with with you know boston media saying we still don't know the full story about why he left, but whether he even stays here or he gets moved or he retires or whatever. Um, and, you know, the other, the other big contract is Krug. That's the big question mark. He had an interview earlier, I think it was yesterday. And he, he kind of, it almost felt like a, like a retirement from like, it's not, I'm not saying he's going to retire. I'm saying like, he felt like he was kind of like a goodbye to Boston. He was like, thank you guys for, you know, doing this and doing that. I appreciate the media you know, you guys are always tough on me and blah, blah, blah. So it almost felt like he, he knows that, you know, this is, this is his last time in here. And I, and I can't really blame, uh, you know, Sweeney if he doesn't sign him back just because he looked pretty poor in, in the playoffs. He, he's not a great defender. He's more offense and he didn't show his offense that much. Um, you know, that's, that's going to be a hole that they need to fill. And, you know, there's obviously other guys that, um, that are going to be expiring. And, you know, I'm sure that, like you said, it's the Bruins that they'll, they'll go and replace guys and they'll, you know, get, who they need to fill up the roster and they'll be in the conversation. But, you know, you, you just you hate to see two years in a row of, you know, yeah. really dominance in the NHL of just end in, in a second round exit and a game seven, you know, Stanley cup loss. You'd like to see at least, you know, if we had won last year, you know, it would have been like, look, we can't win every year. It's just it, the Tampa Bay, you know, Tampa Bay had, you know, revenge on their mind. You know, you lose in the first round, you get swept by Columbus. That's, that's as much motivation as you're going to get. So you had to expect Tampa was not going to just roll over. And, you know, it, it happened two years ago when we won game one. I think we – I think it was like a 62 score. And everyone was like, yo, we're going to beat Tampa. That was the team to beat. I'm a bit sad. Actually, I'm lying. I'm quite devastated. 
It's, it's just sad. It's just yeah. sad. Well, we'll have more talk on on Bruins and hockey overall once they once maybe the cup uh, Stanley Cup playoffs you know start to finish and off season starts to come up um, and we'll talk about you know that stuff. But we can move on to the uh, the better team. Uh, not Boston. lately though. <laughs> yep. The best before we get into last... basketball, before we get into the NBA, right? Um, a while back during the um, the first round of the Western Conference playoffs, Jordan and I made a bet. Uh, you guys knew I was very high on the Portland Trailblazers. I thought they were going to go in and uh, <laughs> yeah, take care of business against the Lakers. And I was so confident in them that, that I put my, my – say my Celtics manhood on the line. Celtics pride. And I said, there you go. I said, if the Lakers win this series, I will wear a Lakers jersey. Goodbye. You're an idiot. I am, <laughs> I am not doing this willingly. I, I'm a man of my word. I have a set of balls. I'm gonna, I did it. That's respect. So there's that. Yeah. Yeah. So Let's get into the Celtics, though, because I got a lot to say. Yeah. Wait, what did you say, Pat? <laughs> basically, Anthony's an idiot. That's why he's wearing a Lakers jersey. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. I mean, Game um, time was running out. That's all. It- Do you even realize how fucking stupid you truly are, you dumb fucking bitch? You know what I mean? First one of the season. First one of the I season. Mean, bro, it, I'm glad one, it was me. I want to say one thing on the game. <laughs> The Dame situation that 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 was crazy. That like the hype around around. I don't want to say too much on this, but just the hype around Dame. And I know he's a great player, and I've admitted it before that you know I I rep my guy Russ as you can see, but Dame has him you know beat right now. But just the the fact that people were like, whoa 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 whoa. Did you just say that? Did you just say that? Oh, I said that before. What? Jordan admitted that Russell Westbrook isn't as good as Damian Lillard right now? Oh, yeah, right now? Look it, clip it, clip it. Clip that. Um, well, if I, said he, if I said Russ was better, I would just look stupid. I can't – you can't be doing that. I'm going to skip Bayless. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, the, 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 but the hype around Dame, I mean, it was crazy. The, the, one, one win and people were like, it might, he might be LeBron. That was their the worst mistake, round. beating LeBron. That was their, <laughs> it that was their biggest mistake. It, it woke him up. LeBron I'm going to be real. I was only round. saying – I was only saying that the Blazers were going to win the series. Like, after that first game, I knew. I had a feeling that it wasn't. I'm like, all right, it's not over. It's still LeBron we're talking about. But I only said it because my brother's a big Lakers fan. And I wanted to That's just fair. That's fair. I wanted to annoy him. Yeah. That's all. But Move on to the Celtics. Um, yeah, getting into uh, the second round here. Celtics had a big chance to go up 3-0 last night. <clears throat> Game winning dunk, 0.5 seconds left. Um OG Ananobi hits a stupid wide open shot because I think Jalen Brown was screened on by Gasol. I, I saw a picture on Twitter a few minutes ago. Marcus Smart called out the whole thing, but nobody listened to him. And um, OG Ananobi's wide open, hits the three. Raptors are only down 2 1 now. So that makes game four coming up tomorrow definitely a must win for the Celtics. Um, yep. And by of, the time this uh, goes up, you, I, I don't know when this will exactly go up, but. Yeah. Game four will probably be over. So we're recording yeah. this Friday afternoon. So last right. night was the game three. So we'll see what happens. But I'm sticking yeah. with Celtics and six, I'll mm. say. Yeah. Um, I can get behind that. I mean, no matter really what happens on Saturday, um, you know, people – I think people got a false – I mean, it's we were we were theoretically half a second away from ending the series. The Raptors yeah. aren't coming back if you go up 3-0. Right. But people really started to, like, underestimate – like how good the Raptors – I mean, they were better than us in the regular season. And, and their roster, you know, Kyle Lowry and Siakam held their own the entire year. Right. I think people got like a false sense of hope of like, 
we're just going to run through every team. Like if we, if we double swept into the Eastern Conference Finals, I almost think it would be worse just because yeah. you would have not won a game or not lost a game in, you know, weeks and going in and then facing whether it be Miami or, or Milwaukee, whoever wins that series. Miami. Like, Two very tough teams. Yeah. And, and it's almost like you, they, I think people say, you know, you've heard the saying of like, it's better to like, it's like a splash of cold water, you know, like wake yourself up. Like you're not, you're not invincible. Like teams are going to beat you if you, if you fuck up like Jalen Brown did or whoever, I don't know. It was him or Tatum, whichever I'd one. Say, I, I'll put it on. Brad I so couldn't even actually, say it was Jalen you know. Brown because he did everything he was supposed to. They were in his own defense and he did what he could. I think what really screwed us last night was the turnovers. Mm. We had way too many turnovers and yep. our defense, they're really, they're really proving why they're top tier in the league. Yep. Um, Jalen Brown's turning into a defensive machine. I think in game two, he had a couple of blocks, a couple of steals. And when you, when you're able to turn the ball over like that, we just can't – it always ends up being Marcus Smart just chucking up a three for yeah. the hell of it. And you can't, you can't afford to miss shots like that. Like we've discussed weeks ago, Marcus Smart can shoot us out of games like he often yeah. does. But like we saw in game two, when he's on, he's on. Yeah. And this game, I feel like the series can go to se- um, seven games just because if Marcus Smart never went off for five three-pointers in a row – we would have never won game two. Yep. And if OG never hit that lucky-ass three-pointer with 0.5 seconds to go, they never would have won that game. So it's this. I, I still feel like the series is up for grabs, but I would still lean towards more of the Celtics just because of that dominating game one win. Yeah. I think the Celtics are just a much more talented team. Uh, the Raptors, you know, great regular season team. You often say that about teams like them. Um, the Bucks, the Hawks a couple of years ago, um, the Rockets. But the Raptors specifically, they don't really have anybody who can score at will in the half court like a Kemba Walker or a yeah. Jason Tatum. Like Siakam's good, but he always does the one spin move. You know, that's his go-to. If you watch him, that's literally all he does when he gets into the post. Just spin yeah. move, throw up a little hook shot, miss. Um, Kyle Lowry had a great game, but again, like those guys really – if you throw, like, let's say, like, Smart or Jalen on Kyle Lowry, it kind of counteracts this game of trying to get into the paint. Uses, as one of the commentators said last night, uses assets to make some room down there. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you take that away, I really don't think the series is going to go more than six games. Um, just, you know, the Raptors might shoot well one night, you know, maybe they'll win a game again. But I really think the Celtics are going to win it in five or six. Yeah. One um, thing you mentioned, but, Lowry, I didn't even know. He played 47 minutes and he only sat one. Last last night, game three. Yeah, I don't remember him sitting, like, at all, actually. And, I mean, that really shows Nick Nurse, you know, like, he knew. That, I mean, and most coaches do. It's not anything to say, like, Nick Nurse is some, you know, anomaly. But, you know, down 2-0 to, you know, the arguably the best team in the East. You know, you if you lose this game, it's over. And, he you know, he threw Kyle Lowry at the end and said, go play the whole game, pretty much. And kudos mm-hmm. to Kyle Lowry. But, you know, the Raptors, the first half was, you know, we're up 10 at half. I mean, it was really all Boston. I think we, we had, we lost the game in the second half, which happens a lot with us. Um, you know, the Raptors shooting above 50% from three, the, the OG shot. I mean, we talked about it in the, in our chat, it just, you let that shot happen. Nine. If, if, if that, if you said you run that play 10 more times, I'm letting that play go 10 more times. I mean, the, the fact that Lowry, a six, whatever foot, six, one, six, two point guard, was able to throw uh, the ball over a 7-5 taco fall into the corner and have it perfectly land in OG's hands and him get it up 
before half a second expires. I mean, that's just, it's just ridiculous that that, you know, even occurred. Um, but you can't, you can't really go back and say you would, what, what would you have done different? I mean, if you, if you have Brown go over there, maybe it frees Gasol up and Lowry lobs one up and Gasol dunks it and it's tied, but mm-hmm. you know, you just, it's hard to look back and be like, there was something that really was, you know, that you could have done different. I would have run man there, I think, but mm-hmm. anyway, get moving on from the Celtics, we probably want to get into our NBA finals predictions. Uh, a little early, but I think we all have a pretty clear-cut idea. It's going to be either the Clippers or Lakers, probably versus hopefully the Celtics or the Bucks. Yeah. I'd say. Actually, yeah. maybe Miami, but I see the Celtics coming out of the East for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Clippers are the clear-cut favorites in the West. Uh, at the end of the day, the Lakers just don't really match up with them. They're not as deep, not as talented. So I'll go Clippers and Celtics. Mm-hmm. If one of y'all wants Old. to get that's bold. I'd probably take uh, – see, the thing with the, the Lakers is that they have they have something that nobody else has, which is Anthony Davis. And uh, I have been notorious for my Anthony Davis slander on this podcast. <laughs> but I, I think that it's just – nobody can guard him, especially not the Rockets. I think that's going to be comical. Um, I know that he didn't play super well the last couple times they played, but it's just it's just a whole different scenario now, now that it's in the playoffs. And – four wins they get to the conference finals i think it's completely different now and i you know i really hope that the lakers do end up in the finals at least either the lakers or the clippers i think that i think that it would be sad for the nba for this whole bubble to have played out them to work so hard for to get to this point and then not have two of the best teams in the league in the finals like if miami makes it i think it'd be fun to watch but i think it would be disappointing uh, because they just don't match up as well against other teams, yeah. unless they just shoot the lights out and pull a Golden State. But I think that the way that it looks right now, obviously we're, the Celtics are up 2-1 on the Raptors right now, so I think the Celtics come out of that one. Heat, Bucks, anything can really happen there. Uh, I think it's probably going to end up being Lakers and Celtics, but Clippers is interchangeable. I just don't see – them guarding Anthony Davis super well. I think he can kick it into another gear, get to the finals, and then once it gets there, I'd probably take the Lakers in five or six over the Celtics, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Pat and say Clips Celtics. I think I've held that for at least before the playoffs started. I think think the Clippers are the best team in the West. I know they, you know, started off kind of slow against the Mavs, but – Kawhi's turned it on. They just dismantled the Nuggets last night. I mean, it wasn't even close. I think it was like a 20-point win. And it's just, you know, I I think the Nuggets are – I don't think they're a fake contender because I think they have enough talent with Jokic and Jamal. Just Jamal showed why, you know, he should be considered a top point guard. But they just – you know, they don't have that They said they could bring his girlfriend in. He just went crazy. They said (laughs) they could bring his girlfriend in. He just went crazy. Say I don't agree with the part about me being horny all hours of the day. It's a few hours in the day, yes, but not all hours of the day. I digress. When, when did he say that? <laughs> I know. I said that too. Is he even allowed to say that? I know. First network television. Here's my thing with the Nuggets, Jordan. I don't want to cut you off, but here's my thing with the Nuggets is that you look at every team that's won a title, like I'd say maybe forever, mm-hmm. nearly all of them have a starting center who can play defense, and Nikola Jokic cannot play defense. Yeah. yeah. Not only that, but teams can't win playing through centers anymore. You're not going to win with a center as your best player. So, yeah, it, the Nuggets tough. have to change something, sign somebody maybe, like get rid of Jokic. They have to, I think, 
Mm. Maybe have Jamal Murray be the main guy, but he's too inconsistent. So I think they're really caught in a limbo where they're not good enough to beat the top teams and they're good enough to beat some of the lower tier playoff teams. And they're always going to be like a easy to like moderately difficult uh, second round exit. I really don't think they're going to go any farther with the current roster they have. I agree that, uh, I mean, even in general, you don't see teams, like you said, with their best player being the center. I mean, aside from Shaq and like Hakeem, and obviously right. like Kareem, but those are like all time. Right, not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I agree with you in that sense. I don't necessarily think they should move on from Jokic, but they've got it. They've got to get. I, I think they've got to get wing defenders, a plenty in on that team because, like you said, once that wing defender, once that defender gets beat, you know, Jokic is not much help down low. They had like a play last night where Pat Bev beat Jamal Murray right at half court and ran down and just like Jokic like lost, like he can't even. It's just really sad, honestly, because he just. I'm watching that right now, actually. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. Draymond pointed it out at halftime. I was watching. Yeah, that's what I was looking at it right now. Yeah, um, but yeah. Uh, go back to my, you know, the Nuggets. Uh, I don't think they'll compete with the Clippers. I think the Clippers can can take on the the Lakers and go toe to toe. I agree with you, Graham. I'm a huge AD fan, so you know that I think he, you know, is easily the best big man in the league and is, you know, an MVP candidate. And so it's going to be tough to stop. One thing I'll say about the Rockets though is that the one advantage they have is that they can yank AD out of the paint with PJ Tucker having to, you know, being able to shoot threes. So the paint protection isn't as good there. So, you know, Russell Westbrook and Harden might be able to open the game up, but defensively, you know, I remember the last time they played, you know, the analysts were saying 80 has got to, got to be better. He's got to put up a 30 and 15 game, you know, really every night, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. you've got PJ Tucker, who's, you know, six, seven, six, eight, you know, it's like Grant Williams really trying to rebound over you. It's like, you know, you, you've, there's no excuse there. He's got to, he's got to average, you know, 15 rebounds during the series and he's going to be the game changer. If he doesn't perform, you know, good luck because they have guys who can try to slow down LeBron. They've got Robert Covington, um, who's known as a pretty good defender, but yeah, I, I, I'll go Lakers, you know, advancing, even though I love, you know, the Rockets. Um, but I think clips ha- I will have their number and I think it'll be clips Celtics and, uh, I have Celtics in seven in in the finals, but that'll be a good series if it, if it does that. happen. Yeah. I like to hear that, but it's just it's really tough because you guys really hit um all the points. Mm-hmm. Here's my thing: I I just have that gut feeling that Kawhi is just gonna be on his bullshit. Like he's gonna be doing his thing, <laughs> and I feel like that he can just completely take over that game. And that's why I want to lean towards the Clippers. But on the other side of that, um, LeBron's legacy is really really on the line this year, just because he's finally got that other All Star in Anthony Davis, who's who I think should have won Defensive Player of the Year just yeah. because of how absolutely nasty he's been. And LeBron, I think, knows in the back of his head that if he doesn't win the championship this year, it's his stock is just going to go down when it t- comes to the greatest players of all time. So yeah. I'm just going to say Celtics versus Los Angeles. Yeah. Is, is not... <laughs> I mean, you can't be wrong there. I can't be wrong there, but for the hell of it, just because I feel like LeBron's got a lot on the line this year, I'm going to say Celtics-Lakers in the finals. You're right about his legacy because, you know, MJ played with great players, but some would argue AD is a better basketball player than Scottie Pippen was. Not a better career, but but – I mean, Giannis a is a Scottie Pippen, so. <laughs> um, oh. But, you know, like no, LeBron, lo- LeBron loses Last. here, especially, especially if he doesn't make it to the finals. Um you know, that goat argument really should be thrown out the window because, you know, if, if, if he can't win with a, you know, that's two top five players in the league right there and he can't, and he can't get to the, you know, 
beat a beat a Celtics team or beat a Raptors team that you know doesn't have that top five player, you know that's pretty that's pretty bad. Um, and like you said, you know LeBron's turned it on. He he started pretty slow in the Trailblazer series, but you know he ended up eating along the way and just you know he I think people are underestimating how you know it's still playoff LeBron. We haven't seen it in you know a while because he didn't you know make it last year, but people got to watch out. I think. But you're right about Kawhi. I, I think that right now he's the best player in the league. Um, he's pretty much making everything. He's modern day MJ, as close as you're going to get. So, uh, but yeah, you make good points about LeBron. It's going to be interesting. All right, that's all we got on NBA. And now for everyone's favorite segment. Woo! It's showtime! Woo! Okay. That's I can it. only mean one thing. Mm-hmm. What does that Go mean? Go ahead, Anthony. I'll mute my mic. Go ahead. Anthony's wrestling <laughs> segment. All right. So I've been keeping up with it the last two weeks. Um, I'm definitely watching AEW on Wednesdays. I'm doing my bullshit on Raw and SmackDown. It's definitely going to get a lot more interesting because Roman Reigns just came back. Um, and he's a heel, which is something that fans have been wanting for years. They don't want him to be that babyface character that shoved down their throats. You'd be like, here, like him. I, I wasn't a fan of Roman Reigns, but... I want to be a fan of Hill Roman Reigns, but the fact that he kind of ruined Bray Wyatt the Fiend in the process is what's bothering me. Uh, I don't think Bray's really going to compete for the title. They wasted no time putting the, um, the Universal Championship on Roman just because a week after SummerSlam, they had another pay-per-view, which was built around Roman Reigns to put that belt on him because there was really nothing else going on. Everyone knew was gonna, what was going to happen. And it was really not worth watching. And he's paired with Paul Heyman now, which I think is absolutely fucking genius because I think Paul Heyman is the greatest manager ever. I think he's a top five talker in wrestling history in terms of his mic skills and the way he can back up his advo- um, his client or whatever. He's the advocate. I don't know what I'm saying. Um, and there's a big question mark on Brock Lesnar right now. I would love to s- – I think my brother said something about a superstar shakeup, something like that happening, which is when the guys move from brand to brand. I think it could be interesting if Brock Lesnar resigns because he's currently a free agent right now. Nobody knows where Brock Lesnar is going to go. No one knows what his next move is, whether he goes back to the UFC, whether he goes to Bellator, does this, that, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think it would be interesting to see Brock Lesnar go to SmackDown and fight Roman Reigns for it. And we know that Roman Reigns isn't the best talker. He's gotten better over the years. You can give him that. But Paul Heyman is going to be the mouth for him. And I think he's going to put up a really good fight um, as a champion. But that's really all I got. I'm kind of mad that they put the belt on Bray finally. He was going to finally get that long-term run. And then he just loses it the next week. That didn't sit well with me. Just because I'm a big Bray Wyatt fan. I wrote a whole article about him. But that's really all I got for wrestling right now. It's just going to be... Really interesting to see where Brock Lesnar goes and if he resigns. I'd like to see him in AEW, personally. I think that would pull a lot of people in. Good job, Anthony, as always. And now what we've all been waiting for, what I've been waiting for for a long time, personally, since about June 28th or so, Cam Newton has officially been named the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots. Graham. I love what I'm seeing. I love what's going on right now. This is what it's all about. This is exactly what I've been waiting for. This is exactly, I don't mean to sound like Cat Williams, but this is exactly what I've been waiting for. Let me tell you, actually, why don't you guys give your thoughts? I want to hear what y'all think because I'm ecstatic about it. 
Um, I think we all we are all in agreement that we wanted Newton over Stidham, right? Over Stidham, of course. Yep. Uh, I, I I like the move. I mean, we all like it, obviously. And I don't care. <laughs> um, I don't I, care. A lot I don't of care. Th- Graham hit it. Don't care. Don't care. Don't care. Still don't care. I don't care. I don't. All right. Um, I think a lot of people thought it was kind of inevitable, but like the official Belichick stamp of approval is what everyone's waiting for. Um, I think it'll, I mean, it's crazy. If you, if you told, you know, Patriots fans last year in February after we, you know, lost, you know, we're going to, Tom Brady's not going to be the quarterback. Cam Newton's going to come in. He's going to start. People would be like, what the hell are you talking about? And it's crazy. Like you, we just transitioned from like a dynasty 20 years with Tom Brady. And we move into a former MVP candidate who, who knows what he's going to give us. He's such a wild card right now. But um, I think he's, well, I think he's like, he's going to add some, you know, dynamic play without a doubt. And a lot of people say Stidham's injury that he had a couple of weeks ago, you know, or a week ago, slowed him down and he would have won the starting job. And I don't buy any of that. I think, why would you sign Cam Newton if you weren't planning on, you know, having him start? He's, and people can say, you know, was well, MVP season was 2015 and he, you know, hasn't played good in the past, but you know, his last full season where he was fully healthy was a pretty good season. It was under 10 picks. I think it was like 23, 24 touchdowns on a pretty bad Carolina team. I mean, he hasn't had help in the wide receiver area. Um, he doesn't get well, he much had, help he had, here he either. Ted but... Ginn, what are you talking about? <laughs> Forgot all-star Ted Ginn. He really, uh, really helped him out. But you know, I, if, if he can just repeat that, honestly, you know, it, it at least gives us a chance. No one's expecting us to go, you know, win 12 games or 13 games, but just able to, just being able to compete and maybe get a playoff spot and, you know, maybe get, you know, an, an attempt at getting a Super Bowl appearance, um, you know, it's high hopes, but I think he gives us more, you know, competitive uh, ability than, than Jared Stidham. I think the ceiling for us with Cam Newton is considerably higher in the regular season than it is compared to Jarrett Stidham playoffs. I don't think it makes much of a difference because the way that this year is going to work is that unless something miraculous happens, we're going to have to face either the chiefs or the Ravens in the divisional round. And that's just, if you think that anyone other than the chiefs and the Ravens are going to be in the AFC championship this year. I'm sorry. There's something wrong with you. Like it, it, there's, there's nothing that you can say that will convince me otherwise. It, yeah. it, they're just, they're just dominant. But I do think that Jarrett Stidham is not going to win a playoff game. There's no way, there's no way that he wins a playoff game, presumably on the road. If he gets put in that, in, in that situation, I mean, I, home field advantage is different from what it's been in the past, considering that we probably won't have fans at that point in the season, but it's just, there's a whole lot more on the line. Cam's been there. He's succeeded in that situation. And I trust him a whole lot more. I think that we get into the divisional round and take an L at that point with Cam. That's, that's what I think is going to go on this season. Hmm. But I I just, there's no argument that our ceiling is lower with Cam Newton than it is with Jarrett Siddham. There's absolutely no argument for it. And this season or for like in general? For this season, for this season. In general, I think it's, I think it's a little bit different, but Stidham is under contract past this season. Cam Newton is not. I think we cross that bridge when we get to it. And I I, I like the move. All in all, I like the move. Yeah. Well, Anthony, yeah, um, sorry. Uh, no, go ahead, Anthony. I'm just really upset that we didn't get the 
quarterback battle that I really have been hyping up because I thought they were just going to go at it every day in practice. And they kind of did, but it really didn't come down to the wire. Once Stidham went down, I had the feeling up camp starting, which I'm perfectly fine with. Uh, I, I honestly don't know who I would have preferred, but I was more towards the cam side than Stidham. But I would tell people Stidham's going to be the starter and he's going light to light it up this year just to see what they would say and think I'm on some sort of drugs. But I don't know. I Like Graham said, I can't see us getting past the divisional, a team like Kansas City or a Baltimore. It's just they're just too overpowered right now. They have so much talent around them that I don't think we can really match up against. But if we got to that divisional game, I would be perfectly fine with that just because yeah. I see everyone – really um, has low expectations for the Pats right now. I know I follow all sports news on Instagram, and they just they just shit on the Pats every year in the power rankings. I think they put him at 16 this he's year. He's a Patriots fan. Going... I think he is, yeah. Yeah. Is he really? Yeah, he's revealed That's it before. That's me. why I was surprised. Yeah. He's from, he's from like New going York. Eight, going eight and eight, and he has them – he has Pittsburgh above us, which – I personally can't say he has Indianapolis above us, like two spots. I think he has Pittsburgh in the top 10, if I'm not I like, mistaken. I like Pittsburgh depends on how Roethlisberger is, but yeah, keep going. I don't think they have – I just don't think Pittsburgh's going to be it this year. Yeah. They'll, they'll obviously finish, I think, third in the north. I think Cleveland and Baltimore will obviously finish ahead of them. But yeah. I really want to see New England get to the playoffs and at least a divisional round. If we win – that divisional round playoff, very unlikely. Then fan-fucking-tastic. Then I'm okay with that. The further we go, that's the better. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Cam's a starter. I don't know what the wide receiver situation is looking like right now. We just cut Sanu, which I think was a shock to um, a few yeah. people. But I saw shit that was coming up. That They were like, oh, be ready for Sanu to get cut. I'm like, okay, I'll be ready for Sanu to get cut. And then he got cut. But yeah. that's that's honestly what I'm worried about this year is the rest of the offense. Because I feel like Cam can really play well. I'm not saying he's going to have a 2015 Cam Newton season, that 14 and a 15 and one season Super Bowl Super Bowl run. But I honest, I'm just really worried about this wide receiver core. There's only so much that Julian Edelman can do. Because yeah. we saw it last year. Um, when we had Gronk two years ago, he was, he was getting a double team, and that allowed for Edelman to win Super Bowl MVP. Because he is, I think he's one of the best route runners in the league. And I think he's one of the toughest receivers in the league. Just because the way he gets knocked around and the way he can just shake a man real quick, get up, pick up a quick first down. He, I don't think anyone really does it better like Edelman. And, I mean, that might be a little bit biased because Julian Edelman is my favorite football player slash athlete ever. It's just going to be tough to watch the offense this year, depending on if, how they – how defensive scheme against Julian Edelman. Because if he gets doubled, then it's going to be fun to watch just because I think Cam's going to be doing the same, yeah. running around. Mm-hmm. Here's my thoughts. I, I kind of agree with what most of you guys said. Um, definitely, like, you know, if we're looking to the future, the whole signing of Cam really didn't make any sense because why wouldn't you start, you know, like your young quarterback, young promising quarterback, get him that experience. But that kind of tells me that, Obviously, Belichick and the Patriots aren't sold on Stidham yet. So, when I look at this 2020 Patriots team, um, I look at what I think is probably still a top 10 defense, probably top 12 defense. Um, obviously, I think probably a top three secondary, um, without a doubt. We've retained most of those guys and not many have opted out. Um, 
The run game concerns me just because I believe Damian Harris went down and he might not even play week one. Um, The O-line is going to get a little boost from having David Andrews back, obviously, but um, the run game and the receiving corps, you know, how they perform, um, like Anthony was saying, is really going to determine how far this team is going to go. Because we've seen Cam Newton in Carolina without any receiving options whatsoever, really without any run game, um, because he really only played, I think, one healthy season with McCaffrey, maybe not even. Um, So if the run game can give him some help, you know, we saw last year Tom Brady didn't have any help in the run game, and we suffered, obviously, because of it. Um, If we have no run game, we don't have anybody, you know, with the exception of Julian Edelman getting open, this team's going to struggle, maybe go 8-8 or something. Um, But a lot of people aren't really picking this team to make the playoffs. So like you guys said, uh, I think a divisional win or divisional round appearance even, uh, maybe a wild card win, would be a success for this team given – all the changes they've gone through, uh, personnel-wise, culture-wise. This is just a defining year, I think, for a lot of the guys who remain left, definitely for Cam Newton. He'll come out with something to prove. So I'm hoping we go like 11-5 and five or something like that. Uh, yeah. Make some noise in the playoffs a little bit. I'm not expecting a Super Bowl run. But I love that, yeah, but it's not going to happen this year. So just going to stay positive, uh, support Cam, support the team, and uh, see what happens. Now, before we wrap up the Pats, like we did with the NBA Finals, I want to go around. I want each of you guys to give me a ceiling or a ceiling and a floor for this team. So I'm going to go first. I definitely think the floor is 9-7. and seven. I can't see us just sitting at 500 or below 500. I think we're definitely going to be over 500 this year. And I say that the best we are going to do is 11-5, and five, depending on if everything goes according to plan. Because we're definitely – I can't even say we're definitely going to lose to Seattle anymore because there's going to be no fans. I thought that was definitely going to swing it. But maybe we'll take a look. We'll def, probably take a loss to Seattle, definitely Kansas City, Baltimore. That's why I think um, if everything – everyone stays healthy, everyone plays to the best of their ability, then we'll go 11-5. I, I got to slightly disagree with you. I think I think our floor is like 7-8. and eight. Um. Seven and eight. Or, sorry, eight and eight. Seven and nine. Okay. Um, <laughs> not seven and eight. Eight and eight. I think we our floor is five hundred, and I think I think our ceiling is maybe I say eleven wins is probably is probably correct. But one thing I'll say is that I, like I can find eight losses on that schedule pretty easily. Yeah. Um, and it, we have it's such a, you know, it depends on what Cam Newton we get. Um, if we get that, like, I mean, and you could say that about any quarterback, but if we get the Cam Newton that you know played in his last full season, then I think we have, you know, a chance, solid chance at 11 wins. If we get the Cam Newton that ended last season, um, you know, with his injuries and who knows what was behind that, but you know, it depends if, if we get that Cam Newton, we might be in some trouble and we might see Stidham earlier than we thought. Um, but like, like, you know, I, I, th- I think it's pretty easy to find eight losses on that schedule. You know, you, like you mentioned a, a bunch of the games, you got KC, you got the Ravens, um, Seattle early on, we play, the Cardinals with Kyler Murray and Hopkins, you know, that's a game you could drop. You're thinking we probably drop one against the bills and maybe both of them, who knows, you know, that's four or five right there. Um, and, you know, I don't, I'm not even sure about, I think we play the Texans. There's a lot of games that are toss ups. And, um, you know, if we don't have Cam Newton playing at a decent level, we could be in some trouble. So I'd say I'd go eight and eight um, as our floor. And then, yeah, 11 wins is probably our, our ceiling. See. I disagree. I think that I think that the floor with Cam, the, realistically, I think the floor this season could be as low as five and eleven or six and ten, because 
think about it. If we get the cam that played towards the tail end of his years at Carolina, just overthrowing everybody, not making the plays, not as mobile as he usually is. The run game doesn't pan out like we think it will. You said Damian Harris is hurt. Sony Michelle can't get things going with Danny Vital opting out, not able to run out of the I formation. The receiving core. I'm a fan of Sony Michelle. I'm just going to throw that in. I am too. I am too. I think he'll be able to turn it on. But I, I said I'm see. not a fan of him. Oh, you're not? I am. I am. No. I like Sony. I, if we can't get the receiving core going, like Anthony mentioned, it's a soft spot. The front seven is as big of a concern as it's been for us in recent memory. Yeah. And all it would take is one injury to that secondary, and it's, it's rough. Uh, if Gilmore goes down, if one of the McCordys goes down, if J.C. Jackson goes down, that's a big hole. I know next man up mentality, but there's only so much you can do. But at the same time, if Sony Michelle is able to turn it on like I think he will, if Nikhil Harry and Jacoby Myers can step up like so many of us think they will, if we get borderline MVP Cam Newton, the offensive line steps up, and if some of our young talent like Jawan Bentley, Josh Uche, all of them in the front seven step up in the – secondary keeps doing their thing we could easily go 12 and 4 13 and 3 but i think that's a very high ceiling i I, realistically i think we'll go about 10 and 6 11 and 5 yeah but i can see either way happening yeah you're right the the, and maybe i'm being too optimistic with 8 and 8 even because i mean everything you said is true if we get the cam newton of you know the tail end of cam newton's panthers career you know, we're in some serious trouble because there's not – it's not like you can lean on the run game because our run game hasn't been that successful. It's not like you're like, oh, you have an elite defense because our defense hasn't – you know, is is a big question mark as well. People can say all they want about what we had. Mm-hmm. We drafted rookies to replace. Like, no one's going to replace the guys that we lost, both to yeah. free agency and to, you know, opting out. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's not going to be like last season where you have – you know, a mediocre offense all year and you, you have that defense that literally saves you games, um, it's not going to be like that. So you're going to have to have some people step up and you're, and you're probably right. It's, it's definitely the most widespread margin of error right now. It's where you, can, yeah. like you said, you can win, you know, only four or five games. But if, you know, if you get Cam Newton, um, you know, two years ago or, or 2015 Cam Newton even, you know, you can win 11, 12 games and take the division and compete, you know, for, even yeah. for a Super Bowl. Um, but you know, one thing I'll say is that this, with the same situation as Brady, people always say, you know, if you have Tom Brady and people said it last year, you have Tom Brady, you can compete. I think the same should be said about Belichick of, in the same, you know, sense of when you have Belichick as your coach, you know, you, you can't count a team out. You know, I think Belichick could coach any team and, and at least compete in games. Mm-hmm. I think he's that good of a coach. So that gives us a significant advantage. I think it's not just that. I think you, you can look at the roster and say that it may not translate to 11 or 12 wins, but, you know, when you throw in the best coach of all time, that should give you a little bit more confidence that he'll work stuff out and he'll be able to, you know, change up schemes and, and um, you know, fix what was broken over the past six months. Yeah, I'll agree with all that. I think um, it's going to come down to, you know, if this team can stay healthy and if they can perform to their potential. You're looking at maybe like 11 and five, I think is the ceiling yeah. I'll put in the floors around six and 10 or seven and nine. You know, if everything goes wrong, I think Belichick can still coach this team, you know, the next guy up kind of team to six and 10, seven and nine. Like we went 11 and five with Matt Castle. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, 
anything's possible. I'm just, you know, try to stay optimistic and hope they can go somewhere around 11 and five, maybe compete for some kind of playoff yeah. wins or whatever. But yeah, expectations are not sky high. And for them to go 11 and five, they're going to have to win tough games. Cause like we've yeah. named, we've named a bunch of the, you know, look, you have the three that, that are marked in the schedule are the Seahawks, the Chiefs, the Ravens. You're theoretically marking those as losses, at least in my opinion. It's like if you're going to steal a Chiefs or Ravens or a Seahawks game, it's going to be a huge surprise, especially the Seahawks being this early on in the season. So then you are – let's just say you have three there. You have the Bills twice. You have the Texans. You have the Air Cardinals. You have that uh, the LA, the LA road trip where you have the Rams and the um, Chargers. And then you have, like you said, the Broncos who are – one of the more promising young teams. So that's, I just named what, seven games where they're going to be tough. So, you know, it's not going to be some walk in the park. Like we usually see it as like, Oh, well the chiefs, you know, in the Ravens game, you know, those two games are, are maybe our losses, but other than that, I think we and the 49ers Yeah, but no, that too. Yep. There you go. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's it. That's half our schedule roughly of like pretty tough games. So, you know, it, if we go 11 and five, you know, no matter what we do in the playoffs, honestly, that's a successful season, I think, because and Pat mentioned it earlier, you know, if, if we're not, we're not going with Stidham for multiple reasons. And one of them has got to be that we don't think he's the future and, and people can say all they want about what he did at Auburn and stuff. But right now, you know, I don't think we should just, just because Stidham's on the Patriots doesn't mean, and what we saw in Garoppolo and what we've seen in, you know, Brissett doesn't mean he automatically is going to be the, you know, the future of this team. And I think people are grasping on to every QB that gets drafted here, thinking they're going to be the next Tom Brady. And that's just not the case. And not many teams have that where you just pick a, you know, I'm not sure exactly where Stidham got drafted, but pick a later round QB um, and just slot him in. And all of a sudden, you know, well, now you're a Super Bowl contender in two years. That just doesn't happen. It, it rarely happens. And we got lucky with Brady. And I think people are grasping on to, you know, what happened with him and thinking that, you know, you know, drafting a QB, the first QB we draft, well, let's just start him and see how it goes. Like, you can't do that, especially being Belichick, being Belichick, um, you know, wanting to win constantly and you know, just being competitive every year. He certainly doesn't want to start a rookie just to start him. Yeah. So, I agree with that. Yeah. That's it. No more thoughts? I, I, do have, I do have a couple closing thoughts. I do have a couple closing thoughts. So, first of all, my new roommate in college is a gigantic Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, which is rough. This is very rough. Is he from and, Tampa uh, or did he become a yes. fan? Like- yeah, he just, he just opened the door up here. Yes. <laughs> uh, Leonard Fournette signing yesterday was bad for me. I saw my phone. I went, God motherfucking damn. You want to use that the whole time. I know it. I, yeah, I've been itching to use that bit the whole time. But – Bucks are going to be so good, man. I, I I don't know if they'll be able to beat out New Orleans for division because they're just they're still really good too. But that team is going to be so fun to watch. And then, secondly, uh, I've got a buddy, shameless plug. Um, he's trying to make it big in the music game, so I'll put his link in the description whenever this goes up. Make sure to check him out. Dope. Um, I'll I'll, I'll go ahead and get some closing thoughts too. Not. NFL related, but uh, my guy Russ finally came through in a game seven. Just got to let everyone know that, you know, he, he, uh, he helped them, you know, push through to the next round. Uh, great game. If, if whoever watched it, um, 
But yeah, I, I just got to throw that in there because I know all you guys are fuming and all you were fuming when you saw that guy, uh, you know, put up, shoot a good percentage and put up 20 in that game and, uh, you know, kind of carry them through with, with Robert Covington and, and Harden not shooting well. So just had to say that. Pat, Pat's the, hold on. I got to clear something up. Pat's the only guy in here that I, that knows how, how good Russ is. Anthony and Graham think, think Russ is some scrub. No, no, don't say yeah. that. No, yeah, yeah. Relax, no. buddy. No, you, no, you, he's no, he's no Kwame I had, Brown. I had, I, had but like, people, I had people in the, in that chat. I don't know if it's specifically you guys. Maybe I shouldn't call you guys out. People saying Jamal Murray is better than Russ. CP3 is better than Russ. That's cap. That's, no, that's Both of those are cap. So I just had to, I don't know. I had to clear that up. I just want to give a little bit of respect. My guy finally won a game seven, finally yeah. advanced. Yeah. That whole See, narrative here's the thing. washed. Only thing I'll say, only thing I'll say. One, I still don't rust taking jump shots at the end of a game. Agreed. And two, he was unquestionably the best player on that Rockets team in the game seven, mm-hmm. but he still didn't play all that great, even by his standards. Like 20 and nine is an average game for Russell Westbrook. Um, yeah, I would agree. But considering he, he, he shot, I think it was nine for 20. Um, and he was nine for 15. And then that stretch at the end where t- every, everybody every was throwing bricks. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, I mean, look, I think if, if you can get that from normally Harden doesn't shoot that poorly. If you can get that from, from Russ and he can average 20 and nine on, you know, 46, 47%. Yeah, like, it's decent. I'm fine with that, man. Uh, I, yeah. And I agree with you. I'm just saying that if, Russell Westbrook shoots nine of 20 from the field, 20 and nine, and he's their best player in a seven game series against the Lakers. That's a problem. Oh, totally. He, Harden, Harden needs to be the better player. I agree. And who's going to, yeah. who's going to guard them though for the yeah. Lakers? Yeah. J.R. Smith. Exactly. I, I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. J.R. can lock them both down. They're going to have trouble with. Yeah. That's a good note to end it on. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to have some trouble. I think. That'll be a good series, though. I think. I think. Yeah. It, if, I don't think it'll be a sweep. Everyone thinking that they're going to sweep. I don't think it'll be a sweep. But yeah. we will see. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just want to say before we go off, last night's Celtics game. I went from way up here mm-hmm. to way the fuck down here <laughs> in a matter of minutes. I remember I was with my boys Ryan and Keith, and we were watching it, and. Cardiac Kem was doing his thing, and he passes the Tice picture perfect dunk. I'm like, oh my god, that play was beautiful. There's 0.5 seconds, and I'm like, there's no way they're gonna get a shot off in 0.5 seconds. And And I'm going nuts. I'm like, yeah, we're about to go three up on the fucking reigning champions. Let's go. Oh, say less. (laughs) (laughs) My my boy was like, yo. I knew that was going to happen. I just didn't want to tell you. I'm like, yeah, that's bullshit. There's no way you thought that was happening. Yeah. I mean, that, I don't know if you guys – I was just I was just so disappointed. I don't know if you guys remember the uh, the Middleton shot that he had a couple of years ago against yeah, us. Yeah, that was half a second too against yeah. the first round. And right before the shot happened, so like when they were calling the timeout, my brother goes, I don't like this. I was like, why? He's like, Middleton a couple of years ago did the same thing. I was like, they're not getting a shot off in half a second. I was like, bro, they're not going to do it. And then – you know, 20 seconds it. later, they did it. So, yeah, that was crazy. Yikes. Yeah. Oh. It just pissed off Jason Tatum. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I hope so. He shot like 5 for 17. He's got to step yep. up. Yep. Do you want to be a top talent? Dante got snubbed. Every night. Dante got snubbed. <laughs> I'm Kemba. Kemba had a great game last night. I feel bad. I love Kemba too. Yeah. All right, fellas. I have class in it's five minutes, so probably going to have to yeah. cut this pretty soon. That wraps it up.
but return. we're back. We got a new soundboard. I hope you guys heard all that because there were some gold sound effects in there during the, during the show. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll cut them in. I'll cut them in. Yeah. And uh, see you next week. Peace. Peace.